Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, this is Drea. This is Jackie. And welcome back to another week of Booze and Murder. Killer cocktail. Um, so this week is National Donut. It's not a it's not an entire week. It's a donut day, but we're not doing it on the right day. Anywho, we're celebrating donuts. Your donuts make me go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> from the office. Um Jackie, do you have any comments i was told that you were doing donut facts i thought kimberly gave you like a little oh i do have something (laughs) (laughs) i got didn't want to step on your toes i'll tell you a personal anecdote while i find this Uh, okay um i was a paper girl yeah and i had inherited my route from somebody and they had established that that's the only way you become a paper girl you have to inherit it. yeah you gotta be in the right circle yeah otherwise you're on a waiting list that you'll (laughs) never make your way onto because everyone's just hooking up their friends with a paper route yeah so I had inherited from uh, my neighbor, Mark, the ability. So when you have a paper route, you have one extra paper every day in case you mess up or something happens to a paper. You only get one chance. You got a spare paper. Only one paper. Yes. Okay. But my brother and I both had paper routes, so we had two spare papers every day. So my parents definitely didn't have a subscription to the paper because we had, a, for the most part, we had a free paper every day. Yeah. So I would take my Sunday paper down to Donut King Donuts, which is the best donut in the East Bay area. Mm-hmm. And I would trade it for a free donut every Sunday. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you going to get in trouble for this? Uh, try and come at me. <laughs> Did not say what paper company I was a paper girl for. Mm-hmm. They've since been bought out by somebody. Boom. My boss go. was my friend's mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> so you're golden. Yeah. Cool. Plus, you can't tell me what I can't do with my free paper. <laughs> I found my thing. You ready? Yeah. Okay. National Donut Day or National Donut Day. (laughs) (laughs) It's spilled. (laughs) Oh my God. It's spelled differently. It's what? It's spelled differently. (laughs) But reading it, you're not going to see that. Oh, my head is very hard. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I can't read through my tears. Hold on. Okay. All right. So Donut Day, National Donut Day is celebrated in the United States on the first Friday of every June. Okay. Um, the first ever Donut Day, the first ever donut event was created by the Salvation Army in Chicago in 1938 to honor those of their members who had served donuts to soldiers during World War One, the first Great War. Uh, the holiday celebrates the donut um there were many abandoned buildings near the front line so two salvation army volunteers uh came up with the idea of providing donuts there are reports to have they they were an instant hit and soon many soldiers were visiting the salvation army huts because they wanted them donuts yeah uh margaret sheldon wrote uh, of the one busy day today i made 22 pies 300 donuts and 700 cups of coffee dang Soon the women who did this work became known by the servicemen as the Donut Girls. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um, I have to tell you something, Jackie. Yeah. I don't like donuts. No, you don't. I don't. Are you lying? Are you joking? No, I don't like donuts. 
You, I've seen you eat donuts. No. When? Every time we have a clinic in the morning, they bring donuts. I never have a donut. You don't like donuts? No. You don't like Richard's donuts? I don't like donuts. Have you tried all the different kinds of donuts? <sighs> First of all, okay. without getting into like bear claws and uh, like there is a variety of like outskirt donuts and I'm going to stick to the two straight up donuts. Yeah. There's either a puffy donut, a raised donut is what you call it, or there's a plain cake donut and they're vastly different. Yeah. And I imagine you don't like cheap puffy raised donuts. I'm a classy gal. Uh, You're a classy gal. And I'll bet if you had a, from Richard's Donuts, arguably the best donut shop in town. Yeah. If you had a plain cake donut. That was either like they're delicious. They have a blueberry donut that's really good. Uh huh. And they have uh, just a regular like I think you I is think it the frosting? Like they it. have frosting on them. And you, stuff? No, you can you can get a straight up plain cake donut that is just a plain cake donut, nothing on it. No, I just I I've said it before. I'm a savory kind of gal, and just donuts. It's just the sugar film like gets I, around my mouth. I and... totally get it. I would say before you make a blanket statement that you don't like them completely. I already did. I want you to try this one, and then I'll leave you alone. Give me a bagel any day. About that bagel I mean, life. I, I love that bagel life, too. I will try. You know what? I'll try anything yeah. twice. So if you get me a, a donut, that was one. No, you that get doesn't one count. More. No, that doesn't <laughs> count. You need a donut shop donut. We'll sit. We'll get coffee. We'll sit with the other lovely old people that hang out at donut shops. <laughs> okay. But all that aside, Jackie, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you some fun donut facts. Jackie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Donut fact. Okay. Donut fact. Over 10 billion donuts are made in the U.S. each year. It's a lot of donuts. Canada, meanwhile, produces fewer donuts. They do about a billion a year. What were we? 10 billion. What's the population difference between? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. But with its lower population, oh, actually has the per most. capita. Oh, my God. Sorry. You're taking all the joy out of donut <laughs> facts. <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, shut up. Actually, it has the most donut shops. You led me there. You led me there. Of any country in the world. <laughs> wow. Could you have guessed it? Only because you told me. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe how that took the wind out of your sails. All right. Give me another donut fact. Donut fact. <laughs> there are 10 people living in america with the last name donut or donut oh wow oh wow so that's donut as you know yeah. as d-o-n-u-t uh, or d-o-u-h donut <laughs> that's really funny Woo! or (laughs) that came up a researching joke wow or d-o-u-g-h-n-u-t yeah i did not know that donut i I don't think i've ever met well be very rare if i've never met met a donut donut, a mr donut or (laughs) miss donut okay so donut fact spud nuts have dough made of potatoes instead of flour oh like a donut spud nut Mm -hmm. i would be interested to try a spud nut. There you go. I tried a crow nut. You tried a crow nut? Uh-huh. A croissant donut. I've had one, too. I and wasn't I wasn't a fan. It's hard. I was like, I want a donut. I want a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Get your donut out of my croissant. Okay. Donut fact. Boston has the most donut shops per capita. Boston does. Boston. 
All right. Um, donut fact. There's some truth to to the old saying that says cops love donuts. Why is that? Because back in the 1950s, police officers on the graveyard shift would stop by donut shops, which were among the few establishments open late to do paperwork and have a snack and such. So eventually, um, their like relationship developed, and donut shop owners welcomed the protection of police officers. Yeah. And police officers liked having a place to chow down late at night. So the association was struck. Yeah, instead of like, hanging out in your cop car, yeah. doing paperwork in Go a parking get lot. a donut. Have a cup of coffee and a donut. All right. Donut fact. I don't believe in dunking donuts. Okay. And that's not talking about dunkin' donuts, but like Oh dunking. The dunking of a donut. Yeah. Not a fan. I'm not no. into it. It looks so good in the cartoons. I know, but drink your coffee, eat your donut. Uh donut fact. Renee Zellweger ate twenty donuts a day to gain weight for the Bridget Jones sequel. Whoa. Yeah. First of all, <clears throat> yeah, I like donuts, but the idea of eating 20 donuts a day seems... I would eat pizza. I would eat... Yeah, I would do... Oh, I would pizza pasta. Um, donut fact. Donuts were once declared the hit food of the century. All right. There you go. Donut fact. Clark Gable taught movie audiences how to properly dunk donuts in It Happened One Night. Okay. You know what? Thank you for those donut facts. You're welcome. And you, even though I hate them, I respect their history. You get why people like them. Yeah, they're sugary balls of fried goodness, yeah. apparently. Yeah. I yeah. get it. I get it. I can respect it. Jackie. Yeah. What are we drinking today? We had the chocolate cake shot. But isn't it National Donut Day? We figured close enough. Yeah. And they're tasty. <laughs> yeah. I remember the so you had never had this before. Yeah. And I remember this as like a drink you'd have with your gal pals out in the city. I have ordered that in San Francisco, like a shot of chocolate cake shots. Mm-hmm. They're they're good. Yeah. Basically it's a it's a trick. How do you get someone who doesn't want to have a shot to have a shot? The chocolate cake shot is delicious. There's nothing there's no like Ugh, there's no burn there's yeah. nothing about it that's unpleasant. Cuz um, what you do is like you take a lemon and dip mm-hmm. it in some sugar and then you have that as your quote unquote chaser at the end. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I could just drink the shot by itself without that. But when you get that sugar and lime combo, it yeah. tastes like a chocolate cake. I, yeah. I don't know where the flavors come from, mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah. It's super and good. And that's part of the novelty of it. It's like you have it and you're like, oh, <laughs> it tastes like chocolate cake. It's my birthday. It's mm-hmm. my birthday. Mm. So happy National Donut Day. Enjoy a. We recommend. <clears throat> we recommend this one. Yes, the shot, not I'm the donut. Kidding. I recommend donuts as well. <laughs> Don't feel pressured. <laughs> um, is it murder time? It's murder time. Okay, that's my favorite part. I'm gonna tell you about something that haven't happened in Dover, Delaware. Okay. In 1898. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Look at us. We're growing. Yep. Yep, this is an oldie, an oldie but a goodie. Um, this was also the first time the U.S. Postal Service was used in a murder. <gasps> um, okay, so I got a ton of these facts from this guy Brian Druin, D-R-O-U-I-N, wrote this really cool, tons of details on it. Like, if you looked up other stuff, it didn't have all the details that he had. So a lot mm-hmm. of this is coming from what he wrote. Um, okay, so... These are also known uh, known as the poison candy murders. Okay, like what they're so if you want to look up more stuff, if you googled that, you'll probably pull some pull some stuff. 
So Mary Elizabeth Pennington was the daughter of former congressman and attorney, excuse me, and attorney general. So congressman, attorney general, this dude had some titles, John B. Pennington. Um, so she met and married John Dunning. So the daughter, Elizabeth, so her dad's this fancy fella. She meets this guy, John Dunning, and he's a local newspaper reporter. Okay. So they're dating. Um, they settle down in Dover. So this is in Delaware. Um, he's reporting news and there isn't much going on in Delaware. And he's a newspaper man. So he's like, he's looking for those hot stories and he gets a job. He like applies for and gets a job. He's hired on to a newspaper in San Francisco. So he's like, let's go out to San Francisco. So they move. Um, once they get to San Francisco, her husband, so this is Dunning, he begins to drink really heavily. He kind of gets really into the San Francisco scene in the early 1900 San Francisco scene. Um, and he's kind of, he's gambling all their money away. Um, he's out with other ladies, which she's not a fan of. Mm -hmm. Um, and he meets and starts this relationship with this woman, Mrs. Cordelia Botkin. That's a name. Yeah, it is. Um, so they have a relationship with each other that lasts a couple of years. <clears throat> wow, really? Yeah, and it's on the down low. He doesn't. He's not well, she's aware that stuff's going. Like she's uh, mad. Okay. So Elizabeth is not having. They have kids. No kids. I believe they're going to have kids. Okay. Um. So in 1896, um, Dunning loses his job with the Associated Press. Um. He's fired for embezzling money to pay off gambling debts. So oh, he's just like. No living this wild life Slippery and now slope. like he's starting to get some consequences to it so mary elizabeth she's quite religious um she's kind of picking up on what's going on with her husband he's unemployed he's out with other women she takes so they have a daughter so she takes the daughter and she moves back in with her parents in dover okay she's like you figure yourself out mm -hmm. moves across the country um, it's 1898. I don't really know how divorce works back then, but they're not really divorced. They're just not separated, living together anymore. Yeah. Um, so then Dunning gets hired to cover the Spanish-American War, which really dates the story, like the Spanish-American War is yeah. going on. Um, by this time, Botkin, who he's having the affair with, uh -huh. so that lasts several years, um, she separates from her husband, and she's living with Dunning. They're in a hotel kind of living together. Um he tells her that he's leaving because he's on an assignment and he's going to return to his wife. So he breaks up with her. Oh. He's like, hey, Botkin, this has been fun, but I'm kind of starting to clean up my life. I've got a job again. I'm going to go move back in with my wife. Okay. And. Which isn't true. Uh, maybe he's planning on doing that. Oh. But Botkin doesn't take this well. Oh, no. Botkin. Okay. You thought it was going oh. a different way. Um. She decides if she can't have him, no one can. Okay. She's mad. So now we're out in Delaware. Mary Elizabeth begins receiving strange letters addressed to her. Yeah. Um, and all these letters are your husband's cheating on you. Like they're letters that are like, hey, lady, wise up. Mm -hmm. These are really upset her. So she's like, you know what? I don't want to read these. I'm religious. This is, hey, dad, will you intercept all these letters? And I don't want to, like, if they come, I don't want to know that they've come. Don't tell me what's in them. Mm -hmm. Just, like, guard me from them. Yeah. He's like, I got you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so now she's got her dad intercepting these letters. But in August of 1898, while sitting on her front porch, she receives a package. No. 
So she's there. I think her sister's also on this porch. Um, it's a package addressed to her. And inside is a note that says, with love to yourself and baby, Mrs. C. Cordelia Botkin, Mrs. Like, who yeah. really knows? But that's what it's addressed as. And then um, underneath it are some chocolate candies. Mm-hmm. Now, when Mary Elizabeth was living in California the first time when she went out with her husband. Yeah. She made a friend, Mrs. Laura Corbali. Oh, no. Who lived in California. Yeah. So she gets this package from Mrs. C. Mm -hmm. And she thinks, this is my friend who sent me these chocolates. So it's not whoever's been sending me these crazy letters. This is just my pal. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. How crazy do you have to be to sign it Mrs. C? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But maybe... Like, what does Mrs. C mean? Because Botkin is Botkin. She's Mrs. B. Yeah. It's her first initial. I would have chosen a different letter. I would have signed it Miss Jessica or, you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. completely. But I think she's being vague because she's like, yeah. a lot of people, like. I don't know. I either so that it... someone will infer that it's somebody else. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I don't really know. Okay. But it works. So... Mary Elizabeth and her sister go to town on these chocolates. Oh, no. They become very sick. Um, And soon after, both Mary Elizabeth and her sister Ida die. (gasps) Oh. Um, The dad is super sad. He just lost both of his daughters. Yeah. He's getting kind of suspicious. So he's like, all right. He takes one of the chocolates to a lab. Whoa. And he's like. 18 whatever lab. Okay. Check these out. Oh. Well, sir, there's arsenic in these. So his suspicions are correct. Yeah. So they hire a local detective. So, again, remember, who's this dad? Former congressman, Mm. former attorney general. Mm -hmm. He's connected, he has money, and he's mad. Yeah. So uh, they hire a local detective. Um, So they want to speak with Dunning. So Dunning's down, like, reporting the news. They're like, we got to talk to this guy. Um. Dunning is told about the letters that went to Mary Elizabeth, what's happened to her. Um, he looks at the handwriting and he goes, it's Cordelia. This is Botkin. Oh, oh my God. He's like, that's her handwriting. Like, yeah. Rats are out. Yeah. Um, so then they want to bring her back to Delaware and try her. Put her on. Yeah. Put yeah. Her on trial. Um, extradition laws are not the same. Like this is all America. Um, but she'd never been to Delaware. Okay. Therefore, she's not a fugitive. And, like, only fugitive laws exist at the time. So they're like, well, we can't bring her back to Delaware. She'd never been there. Because there's no way you could commit a murder without being there at that time. Because this is the first time the post office has ever been used. (gasps) So it's this, like, totally revolutionary crime. Yeah. And they're like, how do you, okay, it's fugitive. She's never been here, but she's the one who did it. The law is crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So... They want to try her in California for the murder. Like, she's in California. She murdered them from there. Um, But there's no body in California. Oh. So the crime didn't occur in California. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, So, like, the way this guy writes, he's like, eventually a law is discovered that they can use to try her on. Yeah. Um, The family of Mary Elizabeth, this is the dad who had all the jobs, um, he and other witnesses, so they go to San Francisco and give testimony about what happened in Delaware. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, handwriting experts get brought in. They look at the letters. They're like, that's Cordelia's writing. She's found guilty of murder. 
So because they came and talked about it in California, they've got these yeah. experts. They're like, this crime happened somewhere else, but we're addressing it here in California. Yeah. They're able to. That's crazy with handwriting analysis. That, which is that was like. Taken, which right now we realize yeah. isn't. But like to do that back in the day. Be like, yeah. Do you see that swoop? That's her swoop. Looks like a pretty unique swoop, if you mm, ask me. Yes. <laughs> um, so then uh, she appeals. She's like, well. All yeah. of this is a farce. Yeah. Like none, none of this has ever. Does she know law? Like she knew what she was getting into beforehand. I don't think so. Or she I, just I don't sent it. What her job was, I never came okay. across. Um, so the trials, then the, they have to go back to California to like try her again. Um, she's found guilty again in 1904 um, and sentenced to life in prison. And remember, when does the earthquake in San Francisco happen? 89? 1906. Oh, the 1906 earthquake. Whoops. Um, but that has nothing to do with this story. Just oh. I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed you to yeah. know that I know. 1906. Well, because we're right in there. 1904, 1910, there's a big event that happened. All right. Um, she died at San Quentin Prison. Whoa. So this is a lady in San Quentin. In the only, was this the only lady at the I time? don't know. Uh, it's so crazy when they have male, like back in the day, they had male-dominated prisons and they're like, they had these ladies coming in. They're like, what do what we do with do? you? Put them in a cell that's not attached to the guys, I yeah. guess. Uh, listen to this. Okay. On her death certificate. The cause of death is listed as softening of the brain due to melancholy. What? What? What does that even mean? Because she was so sad. Yeah. Her, her brain went to mush. So I don't know what she died of if that's what they're saying she died of. Okay. That's weird. That, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a the corner. Dude, the, the husband, uh, Dunning, he died in Philadelphia in 1908. Wow. So he died a couple years before she did. A woman scorned. Isn't that nuts? Did he, did the husband ever make it back to his wife? I don't think so. He was just like, I'm in the wind. No, he was like, I'm, because he, he's got that job. He's uh -huh. covering the war. Yeah. And I think what he's telling her is, we're not going to be together. I'm going to go do this job. And when I'm done with this job, I'm going to be with my wife. I'm was that his real you. plan? I don't know. Or did he just like screw her? I don't know. Because, like, if he had just been like, I'm going off to this war, maybe she wouldn't have sent all the chocolates. He definitely looped his wife into the story. Oh. Well, that was good. Yeah. So, because uh, I've done another chocolate murder before. That when you were, when you, I yeah. almost paused you because I was like, Jackie, I think we've done this before. But I told you, I was like, I, I told you uh -huh. earlier, I was like, I started to think, have I done this one? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. That was a totally different story. This story. But it's like, same-ish time frame. Yeah. Lady, yeah. chocolates, murder. <laughs> And that was in Europe, though? The other one? Uh, I don't know why I thought it was. A sweets shop? It might have been in England. Okay. Christiana something or other. This this one was so interesting because of the law and the extradition between states. It was states. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have a body. Well, the crime wasn't committed here. That, I think, is super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jackie. You are welcome. Um, How are you doing? Do you need a break? Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. mm Okay. Do you want a murder? I would love to hear a story not too murdery, but like a <laughs> little murdery. It's always funny when I'm texting you or Kyle or like Kimry because I was like, yeah, I just got to wrap up this murder real fast. And I'm like, murder story. I got to finish the story. <laughs> yeah. Anyone what who's... <laughs> list are we on for our Google searches and our text messages? My FBI agent who's watching me is like, what is she? We're going to have to go in there soon and protect these people. I'm not murdering anybody. You right now or just in general? The Well, all of the above. <laughs> I'm not going to murder anybody. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm being attacked. We've talked about yeah, this. I'll, I will overkill in an attempt to have you stop murdering me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's make sure this is the right story. 
you yes. tell me this chocolate cake story? Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to tell you about Dr. Joseph Michael Swango. 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 I do like the name. You texted me the name, and I like the name. <laughs> Swango Mango. Okay, so Joseph is raised in Quincy, Illinois, and graduates as valedictorian Victorian in 1972. Oh. He plays the clarinet. Time of the prime. Time of the prime. He plays uh, the Oh, clarinet. this is a time of the prime murder. Because he graduated in 72? Uh-huh. So he's an adult in the 70s. Yeah, but he's going to miss it. Okay. He missed the prime of the He time. had to go to doctor school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Takes a He's while. busy. Um, so he plays the clarinet, and he's a member of the Quincy Notre Dame Band. Although he attends a Catholic school, he's raised a Presbyterian. He serves in the Marine Corps, receiving an honorable discharge in 1980. Hmm. He then attends Quincy College and later Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. Okay. Joseph's troubles are first noticed during his time at medical school. Although he's a brilliant student, he graduates with a summa, summa cum laude from Quincy College and he wins the American Chemical Society Award. Wow. He's known as being very lazy. You listen to Dr. Death, right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting I, like I had to make whiffs sure of that. I had to make sure this wasn't Dr. <laughs> yeah. Death. I was like, is this? Oh, no, no. It's different. Um, Podcast recommendation. Dr. Yes. Death oh, is great. Dr. Death is amazing. Go check that out. But yeah, I mean, we kind of have some warning signs. We've talked about it. Like someone who's been in the military and then gets discharged. Like that's I'm kind of a red flag. Are, is. That, yeah. Like it's so anecdotal mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, a lot of these killers that we'll cover mm-hmm. had some sort of stint in the military. Mm-hmm. But then I go, Ugh, if you think of the timing, like everyone's in there's this. wars yeah. going out like a lot of people are in the military yeah, yeah. uh causation versus yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he so he's lazy and he also has a fascination with dying patients oh no yeah. and that should there should be safeguards in place where you're like oh this one's being weird about mm-hmm. people dying let's evaluate him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe he should go be a mortician over yeah, here. Yeah. Hang out in the morgue. <laughs> uh, so although no one thinks much of it at the time, many patients Joseph is assigned to do checkups on, um, they end up coding or they suffer life. So is he just like, is he a physician? Is he a surgeon? Like, do we know what kind of doctor he is? He's going through like a residency. Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Um, so they end up coding or they suffer life-threatening emergencies and at least five of them die. Is he? Is this a weird hero complex? Is he saving them as they're coding, or they're just coding? Maybe I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> um, so Joseph's lackadaisical approach to his studies caught up with him only a month before he was due to graduate, when he was uh, caught faking checkups during his rotations. Faking checkups? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he'd just go and I don't know how you do this, but my is thing he is... Ki- okay, here's where I don't tell me yet. Okay. Where my head's going is like, did he kill all these people because he's lazy? Is he just a lazy killer? Or are there is there malice coming mm-hmm. later? All right, go ahead. Okay. So, um, and for me, for him to do like fake check-ins, I think he's like, I don't know, scribbling like, oh, yes, everything's fine. And yeah, then yeah, putting yeah. The Their blood pressure's back. great. Yeah. And- <laughs> They're great and everything's great. So many of his... I fel- gave him those pills they needed to not die. <laughs> so many of his fellow students had suspected that he'd been faking checkups as early as his second year. I would think that they're reporting it. Like they, I feel like they take it seriously. I feel like people mm-hmm. are probably reporting him. Mm-hmm. He only got to stay when one member of the committee voted to keep him, uh, uh, voted to give him a second chance. And then at that point, you needed like an unanimous yeah. like vote to keep someone. That's so hard because you do want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's dangerous. Oh, I get. I'm in the same boat when it comes to like 
recidivism and prison like mm-hmm. we get really mad when their stories we're like how many times did they fall through the cracks and they weren't kept in jail and then in the same breath we'll have a conversation about people need to be given the chance mm-hmm. to get out of prison and show that they like yeah okay <laughs> what do we do i don't know there what is do no we answer do? <laughs> yeah um so however serious concerns uh, had been raised about his competence eventually the school let him graduate a year after the rest of his class on condition that he repeat the obgyn rotation and complete several assignments in other specialties mm-hmm so they're kind of doing their due diligence because they yeah. don't have any hard... They, well, yeah. they, you have to... I would imagine you're like, they've spent a ton of money. They've put a lot of time mm-hmm. in. They're struggling. Let's give them the opportunity to... Because mm-hmm. at this point, it just looks like ne- negligence, you yeah. know? Yeah. Despite a very poor evaluation in his dean's letter, Joseph gets a surgical internship at Ohio State University Medical Center in 1983. So he wants to be a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be followed by a residency in neurosurgery. Ooh. Mm-hmm. While he works, very Doctor Debbie. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why I had to keep checking. <laughs> While he works at the Rhodes Hall wing, nurses begin noticing that apparently healthy patients begin dying mysteriously with alarming frequency. It's happening a lot. Mm-hmm. There's no one guy, two guys. Mm-hmm. This is a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oddly enough, it's every time Joseph is the floor intern. Weird. So one nurse catches him injecting some quote-unquote medicine into a patient who later became strangely ill. The nurses report their concerns to administrators, but were told that they were just paranoid. Oh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Imagine being that nurse. Mm-hmm. And then knowing how it ends later. Like, mm-hmm. if you're there for all you. of it, and you're mm-hmm. like, I watched him killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I can see both sides. I hate it all. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So Joseph is uh, cleared by a cursory investigation in 1984. However, his work has been so bad that he's not hired as a resident physician after his internship ends. Okay. So in July of 1984, Joseph returns to Quincy and begins working as an emergency medical technician with the Adams County Ambulance Corps, even, okay. even though he'd been fired from another ambulance service for making a heart patient drive to the hospital what he like got a call and he's like meh you can drive yourself instead of going and picking Uh him up (laughs) (laughs) okay um wait pause we didn't really say your tie i mean i know your tie for your story but we didn't really oh chocolate right (laughs) (laughs) oh chocolate chocolate right okay like in my head i was like what was my tie (laughs) Okay. So he's like, you can drive yourself. The flip of that yeah. is when I fell off my bike and broke my collarbone and everyone was super concerned about my back because I'd had spinal fusion, they're like, okay, they clear they like clear my C-spine. They're like, you're good. They turn to my dad and they're like, all right, we can take her in the ambulance. He's like, she's mobile. She's fine. Yeah. We're not paying $1,000 for the ambulance. Get in the Volvo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. It's expensive. Um. So... Heart patients probably need the care on the way to the hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Joseph is working as a medical technician, and he gets into a dispute with some coworkers. Okay. But as a peace offering, he starts to bring in donuts. Oh. That's my tie. Donuts. You watch Dexter, right? Yeah. Remember how he would bring donuts every day because he wanted people to like him? Oh, yeah. Weird. Go ahead. So... Donuts is my tie. So he's bringing in donuts and coffee for everyone. But many of the paramedics on staff begin noticing that whenever Joseph brings in food and coffee, several of them usually became violently ill with no apparent cause. What a, what a creep. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So in October of that year, Joseph is arrested by the Quincy Police Department who find poisoned donuts. Who find who find arsenic arsenic and other poisons in his possession. Does it have a smell? I don't believe I think it smells like almonds to some people. As a very because I remember listening or reading a story about somebody who had died and they're in the morgue and like somebody who had been like, you know, yeah, doing the autopsy was this oh oh yeah routine routine blah 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 and another lady came in and she's like no don't you smell that it's almonds like there's arsenic and like they That's tested for crazy it crazy that yeah. your nose so imagine you're a corner mm-hmm. you love being a corner corner is your job yeah but you don't smell yeah arsenic uh-huh is that do you have to have someone smell test all your bodies i mean you could do a lab test you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to have the a... only way to find it <laughs> instead of like a police <laughs> really dumb question <laughs> All right, we're just about wrapped up here. Bring in John. I need to have. <laughs> He's just. <laughs> this is the things the people who can't smell think of. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would need a smeller. Yeah, or a lab test. There were there were times when I was teaching preschool where I'd be like, one of these kids has shit their pants. <laughs> I can't quite tell. I think, and so I'd be like, and I'll I won't say their name, but I'd be like, other teacher pop, and I go somebody, and they go this one <laughs> she'd like <laughs> swoop him off to go change him oh my god that's a shitty job no hey okay so back to joseph on august 23rd of 1985 joseph is convicted of aggravated battery for poisoning co-workers this is aggravated battery mm-hmm. it's interesting the way they decide you gotta yeah. use the law how you well can, and like yeah. spit mm-hmm. it, you can't spit on people that's assault mm-hmm. yeah and it should be it's gross <laughs> gross so joseph is sentenced to five years uh in prison five years for poisoning people is that accurate do you think that's appropriate yeah he tried to kill people well was he trying to try to make him sick okay so in 1989 joseph now released from prison finds work as a counselor at the state career development center definitely shouldn't be able to get that job Uh uh-huh oh just wait (sighs) you're gonna be real mad (laughs) Uh, so he's working as a counselor at the center in Newport News, Virginia. The name of the place is Newport News? God. Okay, wait. Finds work as a counselor at the State Career Development Center in Newport News, Virginia. Interesting. Okay. So he's forced out after being caught working on a scrapbook of disasters on work time. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) He's a scrapbooker. Uh-huh. And he's like cutesily making a scrapbook of natural disasters. Yeah, I don't know if it's like murders and such, or if it's like natural disasters. But it's he's making a scrapbook oh, of weird disasters. Scrapbook. Uh-huh. Okay, like at his desk, at his cubicle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So people he, do weird shit at work, man. Oh, I was once in a like a high level meeting. Yeah. With like our regions director, and somebody was clipping their nails in the meeting. Uh, okay okay that's cool that's that's a weird <laughs> mm-hmm. thing to do it's a power move <laughs> yeah either it's a power move or you're delusional yeah i think it was the latter for <laughs> sure <laughs> okay so joseph then finds a job as a lab technician for ati coal in newport news virginia i can't believe that's the name of this town <laughs> it's newport news all right go ahead uh during his time there several employees sought medical attention with complaints of persistent and increasing stomach pains this is wild around this time he meets uh kristen kinney a nurse at riverside hospital okay the two fall in love 
Oh, he's so charming. Mm-hmm. And they plan to get married once they all get like settled in. Mm-hmm. Um, he is employed until 1991 when he resigns his position to seek out a new position as a doctor. The FBI questioned employees on several occasions uh, during several months after his re- resignation. So they're kind of following him at this point. Okay. Because he went to jail. He was in prison for yeah. like five years. For poisoning people. Uh, so in... 19 and when you i'm pretty sure when you go to prison like you can't get back into the medical field i don't know question mark well they're gonna background check yeah and you're gonna pop up as being a felon i imagine that's a felony for poisoning people yeah okay so in 1991 joseph legally changes his name to daniel j adams and tries to apply for a residency program at ohio valley medical center in wheeling west virginia okay but you have a different name Mm mm-hmm but you're not going to have a medical degree under under that name. Or is he going to be like, I changed my name. My name is this now, but mm-hmm. here's my degree with some yeah. name on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In July of 1992, he begins working at Sanford USD Medical Center in Sus- Sussex Falls. I don't understand how he got this job. He faked papers. He I was- know. I don't understand how you become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. In both cases, he forges several legal documents that all he right, uses right. to reestablish himself as a physician. He forges a fact uh, he forges a fact sheet from the Illinois Department of Corrections that falsified his criminal record, stating that he had been convicted of a misdemeanor for getting into a fist fight with a coworker and received six months in prison rather than the five years for felony poisoning that he mm. actually served. Okay. He forged because his name's going to pop up. He knows uh-huh. he can't get away from the pop up, so he's a new identity. Bringing it down. He forges a, a restoration of civil rights letter from Virginia Governor Gerald L. Bayless, falsely stating that the governor decided to restore Joseph's right to vote and serve on a jury, uh-huh. based on reports from friends and colleagues that Joseph had committed no further crimes after his misdemeanor and was leading an, a model he's lifestyle. He's got a letter from the governor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy is ballsy. Mm-hmm. So Joseph establishes a sterling reputation at Sanford, but in October made the mistake of attempting to join the American Medical Association. Yeah. <laughs> the, MA, uh, the AMA did a more thorough background check than the medical center and found out about the poisoning conviction. Good on ya. Mm-hmm. That Thanksgiving Day, the Discovery Channel aired an episode of Justice Files that in- included a Justice segment. Justice Files. <laughs> that included a segment on Joseph. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amid the AMA report and calls from frightened colleagues, Sanford fired Joseph. And reported him to the police? Nope. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Kristen, his girlfriend, went back to Virginia soon afterward after suffering from violent migraines. Ooh. However, however, after she left Joseph, the headache stopped. Weird. Mm-hmm. The AMA temporarily lost track of Joseph, who managed to find a place in the psychiatric residency program at the State University of New York at Stony Brook School of Medicine. Wow. Mm-hmm. His first rotation was in the internal medicine department at the VA Medical Center in Northport, New York. Once again, his patients began dying for no apparent reason. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. It gets worse. It's in the 90s? Worse? Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to get caught pretty soon. Nope. How many people has he killed at this point? Like 20? Mm-hmm. Two dozen? Two dozen? All right. So four months later, Kristen commits suicide. 
Her mother, Sharon Cooper, is horrified to find out a person with Joseph history could be allowed to practice medicine. So she gets in touch with a friend of Kirsten's who was a nurse at Sanford. The nurse alerts Sanford's dean, Robert Talley, about Joseph's whereabouts. Talley then calls the dean at Stony Brook, Jordan Cohen, Mm -hmm. and under intense questioning from the head of Stony Brook's psychiatric department, Alan Miller, Joseph admits he lied about his poisoning conviction in Illinois and is immediately fired. Okay. The public outcry. So now the pu- like the public knows what's going on. They've There's seen a TV it in the show paper. Yeah. The public outcry results in Cohen and Miller being forced to resign as well. Before- oh, they're like, you guys are not running a tight ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before the year is out. Before he resigns, though, Cohen sends a warning out about Joseph to all 125 medical schools and all 1,000 teaching hospitals across the nation, effectively blackballing Joseph from getting a medical residency in the United States. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And he did it. I like it. <laughs> good job. Yes, that was good. Good work. Since the latest incident, federal authorities finally get involved. Yeah. Joseph drops out of sight until mid-1994 when the FBI find out he's living in Atlanta and work. Do you know what else happened in 94? What? OJ. Oh, man. Yay! (laughs) OJ, OJ. Just giving you some context to the year. Thank you. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's the 90s. Yeah, it's the 90s. So they find him. He's working as a chemist at a computer equipment company's wastewater facility. All right. I don't want him near water. I don't either. He needs to be in jail for killing people. Yes. But he's not in a hospital. Yeah. Okay. So soon after, the FBI alerts the company. Joseph is fired again for lying on his job application. This is wild. (laughs) The FBI obtain a warrant charging Joseph with using fraudulent credentials to gain entry to a VA hospital. At At what point is he not getting in trouble legally for forging all these documents? You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. I think, but like... People are like, you're fired. You're not our problem anymore. Yeah. Goodbye. I mean, they're getting him on the the credentials right now. Okay. And especially for a VA hospital. I feel like that's... That's a government yes. hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So by that time, however, Joseph has fled the country. Where'd he go? In November of 1994, he heads to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. And he gets a job at a hospital <sighs> based on forged documents. Yeah. There again, his patients begin dying mysteriously. Oh, my God. It takes a year, however, for the poisonings to be traced back to him. Yeah. And he's arrested in Zimbabwe. And he's charged with poisonings. You're going to go to Zimbabwe jail. Uh-huh. Um, but in the middle of all this, um, he also sues the hospital for firing him. Of course he does. And he wins. Uh-huh. Ooh, you knew that would get me. Uh-huh. What is he suing them for? For, uh, like, not having a good enough reason for firing him. And what? <laughs> okay. Um, so, and then they're like, no, 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 you, you're poisoning these people. We're taking you to trial. Screw you. And so, during all this, he escapes from Zimbabwe before his trial. He is a slithery fellow. Mm-hmm. And he hides in Zambia. He hides in Zambia. Uh, and a year and a half later, in March of 1997, he applies for a job at the Royal Hospital in Saudi Arabia, using a false resume. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And while all this is happening, the FBI puts a case together that shows Joseph lying on his government application to work at the Department of Veterans Affairs, which he prescribes narcotic medicine. So it's, again, what mm-hmm. they were talking about. But they're like, now we have all this yeah. evidence against you. 
So this and other evidence is enough for immigration to arrest Joseph in June of 1997 while he's stopping over at Chicago O'Hare International Airport on his way back to Saudi Arabia. Oh, they got him while he was in the U.S.? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think actually he was in hiding. He got the job and he was on his way there. Okay. Uh, so faced with evidence of his fraudulent activities and the possibility of an extended inquiry into his time in Zimbabwe, Joseph pleads guilty to defrauding the government in March of 1998. In July of 1998, he's sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Mm-hmm. Because they For can't the fraudulent get fraudulent documents. Yeah, they can't get him because they don't really have physical evidence yet. Okay. Okay. So the judge orders that Joseph not be allowed to prepare or deliver food or have any involvement in preparing or distributing drugs. For the rest of his life. Yes. You got to stay away from these kind of jobs. Stay, stop it, Joseph, for the okay. love of God. So the government uses this time to investigate further into Joseph's crimes. Okay. As part of that investigation, prosecutors exhumed the bodies of three of his patients mm. and find poisonous chemicals in them. Yeah. They also find evidence that he paralyzed Baron Harrison, oh, Baron Harris, another patient, with an injection. Harris later lapsed into a coma and died. Additionally, prosecutors find evidence Joseph lied about the death of Cynthia Ann McGee, a patient he'd been attending while he was an intern at OSU. While Joseph claims she suffered heart fa- failure, he'd actually killed her by giving her a potassium injection that stopped her heart. Ooh. Mm-hmm. On July 11th, 2000, less than a week before he was due to be released from prison on the fraud charge, federal prosecutors on Long Island filed a criminal complaint charging yeah. Joseph with three counts of murder, one count of assault, and one count each of false statements. Mail fraud, conspiracy, and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the authorities in Zimbabwe charge him with poisoning seven patients, and five of whom died. Dang. Joseph is finally indicted on July 17th and pleads not guilty. Mm -hmm. However, on September 6th, he pleads guilty to murder and fraud charges. Had he not done so, he would have faced the possibility of death and extradition to Zimbabwe. Okay. So at his sentencing hearing, prosecutors read passages from Joseph's notebook Mm -hmm. describing the joy he felt during his crimes. Oh, these diary keepers. Mm -hmm. Dear diary, today. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. So crazy. So Joseph is sentenced to three consecutive life terms. He is currently incarcerated at ADX Florence. Um, in case you want to know more about this case, because there's tons more details. Mm-hmm. Um, in Oh, uh, so uh, James B. Stewart's he wrote a book called Blind Eye, okay. and he estimates that Joseph is linked to 35 deaths. Wow. But the FBI believes he may be responsible for as many as 60 deaths. That's a lot. Which would make him the most prolific serial killer in American history. That's what's so hard about these high number killers is like... How many they got them on? Mm-hmm. How many they've admitted to? Mm-hmm. How, how many, many they how many didn't think? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of serial killers that have way higher numbers than oh yeah are attributed to them. Definitely crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the story of Doctor Joseph Michael Swango. Swango. Woo. Sorry, that was a <laughs> whirlwind. <laughs> I yeah, was annoyed it, many times. It was just like another one of those person in power especially with their health well they just keep like all right cool checks and balances let me scoot yeah. over here let me scoot over there i think because we've seen it a couple times you see it with dr death and a couple other cases with the medical field i feel like it's such 
not a hassle, but it's such a process to like uh-huh. get through to have someone fired and to have yeah. them like go there's to charges. There's a lot of protectionism, but there's also just like let's just have them not be a problem here. Yeah, exactly. All right, that was your chocolate cake shot. Chocolate cake Yay. shot. Drea, what are you reading, listening, watching? Jaggy. So this oh, it was finals week. Yeah, this this episode is going to air in a couple weeks, but this past week for me has been finals weeks, mm-hmm. and I have I have not been a person. <laughs> so after today, I'm a person, and I'm so excited. How fun! <laughs> yeah. How about you? I was thinking about this question earlier. I was like, "What have I been reading, listening to all week?" Yeah. I feel like um, my friend told me about a. My phone isn't by me. There's a podcast that oh, I that football player. No. Oh. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't listened to that one yet. Oh, okay. So I'll probably recommend that on a different episode. But there's a podcast about um, like just weird occurrence. Like I started, I'm on episode one of Amelia Earhart. Mm. Um, and just today he was texting me. He's like, dude, there's a episode on Debt Love Pass uh-huh. that Chell has told us about. Ooh. So Wait, I would, that, that one? That, that crazy one. That one? crazy <gasps> Russian one. I so really I want to that Chell one. to come on and talk yes. to us about that. That would be a great whole episode of just Chell telling the story yes. and us asking him questions yes. about it. Oh my god, where will that where will that episode go? <laughs> It'll end up in aliens, hatches in the ground, all sorts of stuff. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, so like I've, I've listened to that one. Um, I feel like I've just been reading a bunch of like news articles this week. Yeah, not like story stuff. Um, and then like stories for for this week for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I think we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening in tuning in engaging you guys when does this episode come out no idea memorial day nope that's washington apple first week of june June. if you are in central oregon if you will be near central oregon come to bite a bend on june 15th because we will be emceeing the bartender's brawl we will be live on stage being charming as always oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, if you're anywhere near Central Oregon, come to Bite a Bend. It's a really cool event. They shut down downtown. There's streets full of food, delicious food. There's Booze, a street full of mixology. Music. Um, it's Friday and Saturday. It's mm-hmm. the 14th and the 15th of June. Uh, come check it out. It's yeah. going be really fun. Yeah. Did you say that we're from noon to two? Our event, uh-huh. the Bartender's, Bar- uh, Bartender's Brawl, uh-huh. will be from noon to two on Saturday the 15th. But Yay. the event goes those two days. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for... <laughs> forgot about that we should tell people about it (laughs) um all right guys thanks so much we'll see you next week Bye. bye thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of killer cocktails as always on our talent was jackie andrea uh be sure to check out our instagram at killer cocktails podcast or stop by our website killercocktailspodcast.com for up-to-date information photos contests and more our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at michellefirmdesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> and so for... <laughs> Don't touch my toes. I was out here first. Okay, sorry. Jackie touched my toes and it felt you weird. You touched my toes. You touched the ball of my foot. That Listen, also wasn't my toes. Jackie, it happened. My feet are huge. We're not going to place blame on anyone. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get into donuts. <laughs> <laughs>